Danae, hit us with this week's spoiler theme song. Spoilers, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Very nice. Thank you. Round of applause. Thank you. The spoiler theme song different every week because we don't want to give it away. We're joined by uh, Josh, our pop culture guru from the podcast proper to talk a little spoilers on the finest hours. And this is fun because neither Josh nor I have actually <laughs> seen this movie. So, Aaron, this is a movie uh, all about um, death on the water <laughs> and the rescue on the water and the rescuing the of water. just a few. Just a few people survive. More people than you would think survive. Two. 32. <laughs> I, it was it, out it, of out of 33. What? Like it oh, is really? Yeah, it is really impressive. Huh. Um, now that is of the thirty-three people that that you know survived the splitting of the ship. So the ship splits in half, and you know one half sinks. So whoever was on that half, we we didn't get to know them. They weren't important to the story, other than you know to say goodbye. Wait, wait. So people did die more than die, but of the ones that were on the the ones the story is about. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So more people died in the storm. This is it's. Absolutely incredible story. Okay. Um, so during the storm on the Atlantic Ocean, this tanker uh, who has a, a like a weld in it uh, that is weak, um, the person down in the engine room basically calls up to the captain and says, we've got to slow down. This water is going to tear this ship apart. And the captain's like, no, we got to get to where we're going. You know, the kind of that that whole trope. And then the the weld kind of splits and water starts coming in. And so the guy runs up. To tell the captain, because they've lost communication with the captain, runs up to tell the captain that it's leaking and that they need to, you know, slow down. And he runs out onto the uh, the catwalk thing or whatever, and then stops, and it pans back, and you realize half the boat is missing, which I thought was a spectacular shot. And it's really, like, inc- you know, it's incredible to see on the big screen and everything what it would be to just stand there on half a ship. And uh, so then the rest of, of the movie is them trying to not let this half of the ship sink. And then uh, Chris Pine's character coming from land with three other people in a very small boat to try to rescue these 33 men from the ship. And that's the crazy part, right, is that the U.S. Coast Guard, this is in the 50s, Mm -hmm. the U.S. Coast Guard sends four guys (laughs) on a little tugboat. (laughs) Well, all the other guys from all the other Coast Guard stations had gone to this other tanker ship that had split in half. Because there were two two ships out at sea. We don't spend any time with that other tanker or those other people. But they're the only ones left. So not only are there just four of them, they're also like the the C string. You know, it's like it's not even the you know the the starting lineup. Uh, and so Chris Pine is one of them. Uh, he's kind of leading and he's captaining this boat. And then these other three guys who are basically just rookies, and he's trying to take them. The first part of it is they have to get out into the ocean. Um, I'm not all that familiar with nautical terms, but I think they called it uh, the bar, which I'm guessing means like the sandbar. Like, you know, there's a a sandbar out uh, where the ocean really begins as as opposed to the harbor, you know, that's nearer to the shore. And so up against this bar is where all the biggest waves are, and it's impossible to get over. And so basically everybody is telling the the leader guy in the Coast Guard, um, you know. Like the main tower? uh, Yeah, like the main tower. That they can't, they can't send them out over the bar. And he's like, no, they've got to go over the bar to get to this ship. And they just think, and they're telling him, just pretend like you tried to get over and like, you know, drive around in the harbor for a while and come back and say you tried. Right. They're telling you're going to die if you try. Right. Is what they're telling him. But he is okay. so straight laced and by the books and like, you know, do it right at all costs kind of guy 
that he's going to give it a shot and he manages to do it. He gets them. I mean, it's an incredible scene. He gets them over, you know, several series of gigantic waves in this tiny little rescue boat um, and gets them out into the ocean. Well, during getting over the bar, they lose their compass. So they don't even know where they are and they don't even know where the ship is. And so the rest of the time they're using spotlight in their ears to try to hear the ship creaking in the distance to try to find the ship. And they manage to find it. Um, and get to where these guys are. Now, in the meantime, we're also seeing what's going on in this ship, this half a ship. And Casey Affleck is uh, kind of the head engineer in there and has kind of not put himself in charge, but he is in charge just because he knows the boat better than anybody. And there is kind of that dynamic that happens in the crew that's like, you know, oh, you want to be in charge? Like, you know, I want to be in charge. I want to take the lifeboats. or you know, there are those kind of scenes, mm-hmm. too. And um, as will usually happen... But you get the sense that he's the one that knows what he's doing and they should be listening to him. And they concoct this plan to uh, devise a manual rudder on this half a ship. They use like these I-beams to manually steer the ship into a, um, I forget what they called it, but it's, it's, I think a shoal is what they called it. And it's where the ocean comes up enough that the waves, you can see the waves kind of coming over it even though it's out in the ocean. And so the idea is they're going to sink unless they get to this shoal so that they can rest on this shoal and not sink because it's shallow enough Got it. to, to keep them there. Wow. So he steers half a boat into a shoal to keep them secure till the till rescue can finally come and get them. Just an incredible, incredible feat of engineering and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and there's, there's more to it. That the, There's another part where they have to communicate because they don't have radio anymore. They have to communicate, you know, basically like the light towers in Lord of the Rings, you know, like where one person will say from the top to somebody else who will say it to somebody right. else who's at the top of the stairs, who will say it to somebody else yeah, from yeah. the second floor, who will say it to somebody else. It's just really interesting to it's think of. It's called Telephone. <laughs> Sorry, it's a game called Telephone, but you better not get it wrong. Um, and so that's how they're steering the ship. Somebody's looking at where they need to steer up top and yelling through a game of telephone down to the, you know, the engineering deck, how to steer and, you know, how fast to go and all that kind of stuff. So um, they get to the shoal. They know the shoal's not going to hold for long, uh, especially as the, the once the engine shuts off, once the water gets into the boat in enough that it goes in the air intake and shuts the engine off, uh, the pumps won't work. And so the ballast won't you know, be doing any work, and so the, the ship will slide off of the shoal. So they're still in a race against time. Well, they get out there. The boat is built to hold at maximum 12 people. And there was 33. And there are 33 of them on there. Uh, wow. And uh, and they eventually get, well, 33 plus the four that are already in the boat. So there's 37 people total, and eventually they get 36 people into that boat. Uh, and since we're doing spoilers, I can tell you the, the one that died um, basically just fell off the ladder and got hit by the ship. But it was in a moment where he was leading somebody else down the ladder that was having a hard time. And that so would be was, tiny. That would be t- You must be reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Danae is reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The beloved 300-pound part-time chef. That's right. Yeah, he was the chef. Uh, he was indeed the only one of the 33 men aboard the Pendleton Stern to die during the rescue. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the Stern because the bow, the ship, which had, there were men in the bow who mm-hmm. died, including the captain. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they get all these men, but then still have no compass, still have no way to go home. You know, they still don't know where they're going. So at this point, he says something like, when I was coming out here, the wind was on my right. So I'm just going to try to keep the wind on my left. And hopefully we'll see the lights of the shore uh, on our way back in to you know save these people. And this is where 
I had a little bit of problem, uh, as I mentioned in the podcast, with the ending. Mm-hmm. Um, because you see all of the people. I haven't talked about the love story at all, which I can talk about that if, if you it's want fine. to. No, because I've uh, in, in the true story, I, I'll, I'll tell you about the true story here in just a little bit. So okay. we can get we can get to the love story here. All right, I'll talk about the end just so I can kind of get Wrap this off up. my chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they <laughs> they the the idea is all the electricity goes out in this city. So those lights that they were looking for to guide them home, oh, the poetic lights to guide me home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they don't exist because the town just lost all of its electricity in the storm. So they show all the cars driving out to the pier, and immediately in my brain, I've got it right. We've all got it right. They're going to yeah. line the cars up to guide them home. And shine their headlights. And shine yeah. their headlights. Everybody gets that. That's not a hard concept. And I'm thinking, oh, that's beautiful. You know, and I, in my mind, they're just, because they're showing this long line of cars mm-hmm. and you see all the headlights. And I'm like, this is going to be beautiful. They're all just going to pull in one, you know, by right, another right. right on the coast and it's going to guide them home. But no, what they did was they all got to the coast. They all turn off their lights. And then the 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 girlfriend is sitting there in her car. And of course, she has the idea <laughs> and she turns on her lights and then stands in front of her car and then you hear the echoes of other people in the background hey look what she's doing we should do that too hey everybody turn on your lights (laughs) just like come on it doesn't have to be like that like it's it's an obvious enough idea that they should have just figured it out and done it it doesn't have to she doesn't have to save the day like that yeah it just so that was the part about the end where i was just like Ah, uh, you ruined what really could have been, I think, a decent emotional, you know, kind of moment there by having to make it into something more. Though and, Miriam yeah. herself was indeed a telephone operator, as depicted in the movie, she wasn't calling to check in on Bernie from the switchboard because she was home with the flu for the duration of the storm. So for the, mo- <laughs> for the most part, the role she plays in the film is fabricated, presumably because shots of her sniffling in bed would have made a much less interesting movie to watch. <laughs> That's as quoted from Time Entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And doesn't that make it worse, right? Like you're, you know, that they could have done something beautiful. I don't, I, I don't know how much of that is true. Like how much of that is even if they lost electricity. I don't, I right, don't know if that right. even happened. Um, it could have just been a metaphoric thing that they wanted to get in there. But even so, that's fine. I, that part of the story I don't have a problem with. Right. I have a problem with that you had to take it to that next level and have it be her that you know had the idea and made it happen. And just, I, I'm serious. Like I. I didn't roll my eyes much in this movie, but when you hear the echoes of these people, like, oh, she's got a great idea. What a great idea. Everybody do what she's doing. It's just like, oh, come on. I'm not dumb. You know, like I don't, you don't have to spoon feed that stuff to me. Um, but overall, like I said, it's, it's still a powerful story and therefore I think a a pretty powerful movie. I think I read that only four of the other shipwrecks survived. Uh, the other one that yeah. the tank the the broken half yeah, yeah. They, they alluded to that in the yeah. movie but they really didn't spend much time on that other tanker at all seventy men were saved between both of the two mm-hmm. you know so seventy people were were taken out in the storm in its entirety it is absolutely incredible that they got thirty two more people on that tiny little boat and drove them all the way back yeah. to the harbor that's in, in a storm that really is kind of mind blowing um and and just to see it you know. To see all those people on there. I will say something the movie did right that was subtle and that I did enjoy um, that I didn't mention in the podcast proper is there were ideas. And maybe this is why I thought the car idea was going to be like this, too. Like the idea for the rudder, you would see him look at something 
And then later when they would cut back to that scene, they've already enacted it. Like they didn't have to do that thing, you know, that montage of getting it ready and, you know, showing you how it worked and all that. We don't need to know how it works. We get it. He had an idea and then he implemented it and you don't have to waste time on that stuff. I I thought the movie did that well a couple of times. So to to belabor the ending with the car lights was, you know, out of character for the film almost. It felt like. So, so this is not a spoiler, but it's a question that I, I, I didn't ask before. Um, the trailer looks uh, beautiful. How, how is it on the big screen? I thought it was great. I think you get to hide a lot when it's at night, you know, and in a storm. Yeah. You can hide a lot with rain and darkness. That's why um, there's a Where's Waldo in every single <laughs> you know, piece of this somewhere. It's I hidden thought, out in dark. I, I thought at one point, <laughs> I thought at one point how much more spectacular titanic was and i was trying to think of why is that is that just my my you know quote unquote rose colored glasses thank you very much um that uh that that makes me think that (laughs) but um but i think it was because it was it was more lit like james cameron wasn't afraid to really show you what was going on and in this movie it felt like everything was hidden in the darkness in a lot of ways so it looked great but you couldn't see it very well but if you turn the lights on it was all just cardboard and (laughs) (laughs) pipe cleaners yeah you know hey everybody look what she's doing the real stuff of movies yeah exactly it was was really just a wes anderson's like stage thing (laughs) that's right that's right i think i think what's amazing about it is that it is based on a true true series of events that four people really did go out against all odds and choose to go rescue people and had they not only four of both ships would have survived i i love that thing that true stories almost all of them do now where they show the actors next to the real people at the, yeah. during the credits i love that me too that, that is a trend that can continue forever i think i think that's awesome such and such and so forth went on to have four children <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that so i think that's awesome i'm um I'm glad to spoil a little bit and hear more about the the true story. I do want to spoil a little bit about X Files too, uh, oh, because sure, sure. you did you did mention um, me too. I have one. one thing. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. There was one thing you, I know you wanted to mention that you thought was a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't have to go first. Somebody else can go. Well, so I don't have anything about, about, well, about X Files. You guys <laughs> both alluded in in the first part that there was like this big mystery of the original X Files, and then it was revealed in the movies. What was it? Oh, um, it was very convoluted. In uh, basically, the government was running programs, uh, and it wasn't aliens; it was the government okay. that had been abducting children. And so, there's a little you're seeing echoes of that here, even in that second episode yeah. about government doing experiments on children, those yeah. kind of things. Um, uh-huh. But in in the first episode, they're kind of taking it back, and, and this Joel uh, Joel McHale's character is basically saying, uh, "You haven't heard the whole story. It may there are actually aliens." And the experiments come from the alien technology. And in fact, in the first episode, we see uh, a shot of them um, executing an actual alien that had crashed onto Earth. So, like, wow. yeah. So they've taken it to the next level. That was one of the things I, I didn't mention that I probably should have was we started watching that first episode and me I'm like, oh yeah, this is like hardcore alien stuff. Like, I just haven't seen a show do like sci-fi alien stuff this way in a long time. You think of a show like uh, Falling Skies or something that was on TNT. I don't know if either yeah. of you ever saw that. Yeah, it's aliens. I I love Falling Skies. I thought they wrapped it up really nicely too. Um, Yeah, but but it's different, right? It's a different kind of sci-fi. You know, the alien, the sci-fi take on aliens now is so different than it was when the X Files started. And to see it kind of revert to that old school, you you know, Area Fifty, Fifty One. I just lost the number. Yeah, Yeah, Area Fifty One type alien. Mm -hmm. You know triangular gray face you know alien kind of thing is just to remember oh yeah that's 
you know, that's what we were dealing with. That's what we were thinking about. Well, it's it's true or sci-fi, right? It's science fiction. It's it's um, the science fiction that's more based in uh, science, right? Like Fringe was, like right. as opposed to the you know Falling Skies, which is the extreme showy version of. It. And it's right. not even about do aliens exist. The whole show starts after you know they've existed and attacked us. You know, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyhow, that's all. That's the only the only thoughts I have. We also talked in. So us. Sorry, uh, we talked in the show show proper about that I had seen something, and it was the children's thing. It was that Mulder and Scully, and it was very confusing. I was like, so both. What I said was, so both of them had a kid, and one of them was an implant alien, and one of them was abducted by aliens. <laughs> I was just confused. And then he was like, no, none of that was real. And I was like, so they don't have a kid. And he's like, no, they do. I'm like, so they do have a kid. And I'm like, well, where is that kid? And he's like, nobody knows. And I'm like, what? What? What is this show? <laughs> William. So Poor I, little William. I, I'm curious if. Cause here's something that I hope that they do. They answer those questions in one season in case they don't come back. Yeah. And then they create new mysteries for later. You yeah. know, like if everyone's wondering where William is, answer the question. <laughs> answer the question. Then let's let's find something else to talk about. Ah, uh, yes. It's always easy to answer sci-fi questions. Just ask the guys from Lost. <laughs> They'll give you a, a primer. Yeah, make it a metaphor about life and death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so what was it for you, Josh? What, what did you want to talk about? Well, so so having, having been somebody who was trying to make that push to go back and actually try and get all of the X-Files before, uh, before watching the new ones, um, something that w- was really offset, off-putting in... in the first episode where basically, you know, Mulder finds out the real truth or whatever they unpack at this next level. And you find out that everything he'd been working on was a lie. It kind of felt really unnecessary (laughs) to go back and watch, you know, however many seasons of the lie. (laughs) Right. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, it's like, Oh, so None of that's necessary anymore. Got it. Like not relevant information. I'm glad that you spent 11 episodes on it, or was it nine seasons? Yeah, nine seasons. Ten, nine seasons and two movies on it when it is not really important or not true. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's interesting. That was the thing that got me. It kind of negated negated going back and and in, in watching for enjoyment in that way. It's interesting. Well, yeah, we're trying to figure out that that aspect of it. Like you said, those one-off episodes are a blast. Now, there's there's plenty of sites and stuff that are like, here are the 15 episodes you have to watch before watching season the new season. And so I, you know, I could always do that. But and I and I and I enjoyed what I saw in the past. And I'm, you know, I, I'm still watching. I'm still enjoying watching the old episodes now. But there is an element of so what to some of this. Yeah. <laughs> to some of this. Did you see uh, Jose Chung's from Outer Space? The episode. I don't know. Th- I don't think not by name. Just find it. Just it. find it and watch it as soon as you can. It's just it's amazing. It's just so great. It's one of my favorites. Ho- Jose Chung's from outer space. Jose Chung's from outer space. Yep. You you will you will love that episode. That's a good one. All right, that's all I got. That's Anybody all I else? got. Anybody else got anything? That's it. That is we oh, no. oh, no. from outer space. Oh no, where where'd Josh go? Josh? Hey, Josh. Here. Josh? Josh, where's where's Josh? Where where Josh go, everybody? It's been aliens. It was aliens. Are you saying guys? <laughs> guys. <laughs> <laughs>
guys, my DNA has been transformed. I'm part alien now. You can do that with science. You can do it with science. Science changes me from who I am to what I will be. It's the evolution of man. What makes it even better is that your voice is slightly different because of your cold. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I'm for a sandwich right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>